0: you're listening to shalice's podcast so father i thank you for yet another broadcast in this series the language of the heart i thank you that you are all about heart i thank you father that you are a god who Uh, is love. Thank you that that is your nature, that you created our hearts, Father, so that we could commune with your love, so that we could experience the range of emotions that you have, God. You are a God of desire, and you, your desire is that we experience your emotions, that we experience your desire, that we live from a place of joy and peace and righteousness in the Holy Ghost, and that the desires of our heart are fulfilled lord you we we delight in you that's correct we just we we glorify you lord we are so grateful to know you and to know your voice and to uh have this opportunity to sit at your feet jesus and learn of you today so we just say take us where we need to go open up our hearts expand our minds lord <clears throat> so that we can experience the fullness of christ so that we can experience Uh, the life of Jesus Christ, the abundant life which Jesus came to give us, God, the resurrected life that Jesus came to give us. And Father, help us understand our hearts, help us understand our minds, help us understand the renewing of our minds that leads to healthy hearts, Father, whole hearts, so that we can um, release the Christ in us, so that we can produce the fruit that Jesus wants to produce through our lives as we abide in him, Lord. And so just take us where we need to go today, Holy Spirit, shine the light on what we need to see, lead and guide us into all truth, renew our minds, and set us free uh, with that truth, Lord. Set us free to live, um, yeah, in your uh, glory, in your bliss, not just as something uh, that is a theory or a theology or something that we, a scripture that we read in our Bible, but as a way of being, as a way of of, of experiencing ourselves, experiencing you, experiencing life moment by moment. And we just give you thanks. We give you praise for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, awesome, you guys. We have covered some ground in the first couple of episodes of this series. And so for those of you that maybe haven't listened to part one or part two, you're probably going to want to go back and do that because this is going to be kind of one of those series where we're building on each of uh, the the parts. And so in part one, you guys, I, I really hopped in to the scriptural understanding of the heart. We talked about if you're gonna really understand what the Bible's referring to when it talks about the heart, when it talks about guarding your heart without diligence for out of it flow the issues of life or out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? Uh, there's all kinds of scriptures, um, the desires of our heart. We, you know, There's just all kinds of times in the Bible that it talks about our heart. And we talked about in episode one, really what the Hebraic understanding of the heart was versus what maybe modern understanding of the heart is. And we talked about how uh, the biblical authors did not really have a concept of the mind the way that we do. In other words, they didn't understand neuroscience. They didn't understand neuroplasticity. They didn't understand the connection between the heart and the mind and the body necessarily from a scientific perspective. And so we have a lot more info in 2022, which is when this was recorded, right? From when they had, you know, before Christ, when they had, uh, in ancient biblical times. And so that's just an important thing to understand if you're gonna accurately read scripture. We've also done a little bit of a deep dive into how mind renewal actually works. We've talked about perception, we've talked about um, human perception and where, um, how the language of our heart or emotions of the heart um, are connected to our perception. And so that's kind of where I wanna dive off a little deeper today into. And I, I want to talk about, I want to talk about this phrase that Jesus said that I, I mean has really sat with me for a long time. And I remember when I first heard the phrase, it kind of scared me a little bit. And it's that phrase that I know you're aware of that says, those that have ears, let them hear. And I don't know if you felt, have felt or feel the same way that I used to feel, which, is, which was a little bit afraid, right? I would hear, you know, when Jesus would say, those that have ears, let them hear. I was afraid because I thought, well, oh gosh, maybe I don't have ears. Maybe I don't have ears to hear what, what, what Jesus is saying, or, you know, in revelation, it talks about, you know, when it, the seven times and it talks about the, 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 listen to what the spirit is saying to the seven churches. Right. And I would always think, well, gosh, I hope I have ears to hear. And the context of that in one instance is in Mark chapter four, right. In the, in the, the parable of the sower and, and Jesus talks about that. If you don't understand this parable, then how will you understand any of the parables, right? And so in that particular parable where the sower is sowing the word, right? It, Jesus describes the, these conditions of the heart that cause it not to produce uh, fruit to, that cause it to not have a harvest. Right. And so, I wanna talk about the conditions of the heart. I wanna talk about what Jesus was really talking about when he said, those that have ears, let them hear. And I wanna kind of attempt here anyway, to tie that in to some of the things that I've already talked about. And so in order to do that, I have to do a little bit of review of what we talked about in episode two. And um, I really wanna do this from the, the context of the model that I talked with you about that kind of explains human perception, okay? Because I really believe that human perception has a lot to do with the quote unquote, condition of our heart and our ability to receive the truth, our ability to for the truth to produce fruit in our lives. And for um, when I say the fruit in our lives, right? The fruit in our lives includes our behavior. It includes um, our attitudes. It includes what we believe, right? It includes our results, what we actually experience in life. You know, Jesus said that you will you can know the <clears throat> know the root by the fruit. In other words, you can know what we believe. You can know what's in our hearts, quote unquote, and in our subconscious minds, in our in what we believe in our inner world, by the fruit that we have in our lives, and so let's just re- quickly review uh, what I what I talked about in last and uh, last uh, uh, last week's episode <clears throat> about human perception, and and what I shared was is that by default, uh, human beings just automatically make meaning out of things we, we really human beings are meaning making machines i mean that's worth writing down we are he- meaning making machines and what i explained about that last Last episode was that I said if you had two circles, right, and on the left circle you put the facts of any situation that we encounter, and the facts are just the facts, Jack, right? It's just the things that are indisputable. There is no human judgment on it. There's no meaning about, no motive making about it. It's just the facts, right? The car is red. The car was heading north on First Avenue. Uh, a red light uh, came on you know, on the on the intersection of First. And North Avenue at ten oh five, right? These are just facts. Um, they they don't include kind of the color around human subjective meaning about what actually happened or what actually is happening. Okay, so in any given situation, in any given moment in our lives, there are facts that are happening. There are, and facts are are neutral, meaning th- there's no emotion necessarily attached to them, it's just the facts. Now, I realize that separating the facts from emotions or the facts from human mean- meanings is very, very difficult because by default, that we are not just robots that take in facts. We all have a human perception that is based upon our past and all of the meanings and associations that facts mean Are presented back to us in our minds instantaneously through our neural pathways faster than we can even process it or that we're even aware of it so for example if the fact is there's a black bear charging towards me okay we don't have we in in an instant right our (laughs) our brains tell us run our brains tell us we are in danger our brains create fear and we begin to run the other way now I will say this. If you are possibly a Navy seal or you are someone who is a seasoned bear hunter, well, then a bear running towards you is maybe not an automatic reaction of fear, an automatic run the other way. Right. So I'm using that example in in both instances that. It's not the facts that cause human emotion. It's not the facts that cause a physiology, physiological response, but it does so, so quickly that it seems that we we mesh those things together. So we take the meaning of the fact and the fact itself, and we mesh it together into what we call our own reality or our truth. So we talked about last time, how if you have the facts in the left-hand circle, well, then you have the meanings that you make in the right-hand circle. And so meanings are bears are dangerous. Meanings are I'm about to die. Meanings are run, run, run away as fast as you can, right? If in fact, you're not a Navy seal who could, you know, has learned how to fight in a way that could take out a black bear because you're just such a bad A or you're a hunter and you've got a loaded gun, you know, pointed at the bear now, so. Those associations and those meanings or those beliefs about black charging black bears are collapsing into a reality, into an interpretation, into a perception so rapidly, so subconsciously that we are not aware of it. Now, if I take it out of a black bear scenario and I put it into something like uh, someone raises their voice at me. Okay, so someone at the grocery store raises their voice at me, or even my spouse raises their voice at me. Okay, and I now begin to subconsciously quickly associate meanings with what it means with someone's uh, raising their voice at me, you can start to start to also recognize how every single day we're coming across stimuli that mean all kinds of different things to all kinds of different people. Okay. If I come from an abusive background and someone raises their voice at me, well, then it probably means that I'm in danger. It probably means that this person is about to hit me, that I need to respond with either violence or respond by running away as well. OK, if none of that really is in my background, maybe I'm just thinking this person's having a really rough day. I wonder what they need for me. Maybe I should just listen a little closer to what they're saying and see if I can diffuse the situation by understanding where they're coming from. OK, so that's an example of a situation, someone raising their voice at me that either could be a trigger for someone Uh, to actually be aggressive or a trigger for someone to run away again, or it could be a, quote unquote, trigger for someone to step in and try to minister or help that person. It really just depends on the person's perception. It, it, It depends on what the person has been programmed with, with the associations and the meanings that they respond, how they respond to a certain situation is 100% subjective and dependent upon the associations and the meanings that they have ascribed to that stimuli or to that particular circumstance or situation. And so the language of the heart, right, is, is, is taking into account all of these different things. And so when Jesus says the sower sows the word, right, meaning someone says, so the sower plants the word so we i mean there's lots of different interpretations also of this particular uh, parable but let me just let me just uh talk about this in the case of receiving jesus's words okay so if jesus is the sower and now granted jesus is also the word Jesus is the word of God. He is the word of God incarnate. The word of God, which we call our Bible, points to the actual incarnate word of God. So when the sower sows the word, okay, Jesus is the sower, okay, and he's sowing the word himself in this case, okay? So he is the word of God that's being planted in people's hearts, okay, then the way that people are going to receive him is going to depend on the condition of their heart. Okay, so what does that actually mean? What is the condition of their heart that is going to determine whether or not they receive the word of God or they receive Jesus? Okay, it says some people... Uh, when they immediately hear about Jesus, right, they're going to, they're, they can't even, there's no, they, the enemy comes immediately and steals the word, right? If we go into Mark chapter four here quickly, it talks about the different conditions of the heart. So um, it says the sower sows the word. Let me just go here again. Um, it says, It happened as he sowed, some fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it didn't have much soil. It sprang up immediately because the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew and choked it and yielded no crop." and others fell into good soil and were producing fruit, springing up and increasing. They yielded a crop producing 30, 60, and 100 fold. In verse nine, he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So I'm reading out of Mark, you guys, chapter four, and I started in uh, verse four, okay? And I'm just talking about the various conditions of the soil that Jesus is talking about in this parable. Now, when he went to explain it, um he talks about this, okay? He says a couple things here. He says uh verse 10 it says when Yeshua or Jesus was alone those around him with the 12 started asking him about the parables and he told them to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God but for those who are outside everything is in parables so that seeing they may see and not perceive and hearing they may hear and not understand so that they may not turn back and be forgiven. He said, "Do you not grasp this parable?" How will then you understand all of the parables? He says, the sower sows the word. These are those are the ones. He says, these are the ones beside the road where the wo- word ugh, can't speak here. These are the ones beside the road where the word is sown. Wherever they hear, whenever they hear, Satan comes quickly and takes away the word that has been sown in them. These are the ones sown on rocky ground. When they hear the word, immediately they receive it with joy and they have no root in themselves, but only last for a short while. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, immediately they fall away. In verse 18, it says, and others are the ones that are sown among thorns. They have heard the word, but the worries of the world, the seduction of wealth and the desire for other things enters in and chokes the word and it becomes unfruitful. And those are the ones and the ones who are sown on good soil. They hear the word, accept it and produce fruit thirty, sixteen, a fold OK, so here's what I want to talk about here. So in this parable, we talked about this is in the context of people being able to receive Jesus. Jesus is the word. OK, but I want to talk about this in the context of anything that happens in our lives. Any truth that we hear, any truth that has the produce that, that has the ability to produce fruit in our lives or any revelation that has the ability to produce fruit in our lives. Okay, Jesus is giving um, an example here of the condition of people's hearts. And remember, the heart from biblical times meant the very center of our being. It encompassed the intellect, the imagination, the mind, the reasoning, all of that, okay? And from our perspective today, what I wanna talk about is that it's encompassing human perception. OK, because what's happening here is that when 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 the truth comes into someone's perception, when something is spoken into something new, something that doesn't um, doesn't meet with their paradigm, that doesn't that, that 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 conflicts something that they've already believed to be true, it is difficult for that truth to come into their hearts. It's called cognitive dissidence. Right. And it's we have something in our minds. that's called a reticular um, uh, activating system, which means it's filtering out things already based upon what we believe and what we how we have been programmed to perceive things. And this is really what Jesus is saying. He's saying that not everybody is ready to hear what I have to say. Because not everyone's heart is in a position to receive it yet. Why? Because everybody is operating out of a paradigm. And some people's hearts are hardened to the truth, meaning they have associations and meanings and a perception that doesn't even have any room at all for the truth. Okay. This, this, I mean, just the enemy can come immediately and steal it away. It's just hardened ground. There's no way for them, for them to be able to perceive a meaning of the facts that I'm sharing or the truth that I'm sharing and, and, and be able to associate it in a way internally that they can receive it. Okay. Then he, Jesus talks about, well, some people can hear it for a minute. But then the cares of this world are going to come in. There's other things. Distractions are going to come in and choke it out. And so they're only going to endure for a while in the truth. Why? Because there's a program internally that is going to compete with this new information. And their old meanings and their old associations are going to choke this thing out. And they're not going to be able to have roots in the, in the truth, roots in, 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 in something that they can, um, pre- that, that will produce change and transformation in their life. And then it talks about the ones that ultimately can receive the truth, right? They have a paradigm. They have ears to hear so that they can hear the truth and be transformed by it. Now, what I want to say about all of this, you guys, is that understanding paradigms, understanding that this is the way the heart works actually gives us ears to hear. It, it allows us to accept information and bypass this idea of cognitive dissidence because we have an understanding of cognitive dissidence. It, ha- it, it opens up our perception to receive new things because our reticular activating system actually has an, a, a, an understanding of, Oh, wow. All human beings are meaning making machines. This is what we do. We judge. We have a revelation of human judgment and the, and the propensity for humans to always judge, that we actually can receive information without judgment. We can actually sit in a place where discernment is possible and receive new revelation and begin to question things, right? We are robots until we can begin to question things. I mean, in... in, Jesus was a, you know, considered a Jewish rabbi. And so rabbis and Jewish ways of learning is all about debate. It's all about questioning. It's all about coming to your own knowledge of the truth. It's not just about being sheeples, right? It's not just about, you know, blindly accepting things. It's proving fast and holding fast of things that are true. It's testing things. It's, it's, it's not just, um, turning a uh, you know you're turning your a deaf ear to someone who has a different perspective or a different understanding of something and because we live in such a frankly man our whole world is polarized right now we can't even hear each other we can't even begin I mean, but if you have an understanding that everyone has a paradigm everyone has uh, me everyone is meaning making machines that everyone is have, has a heart that um, can resist new information or can resist Truth, whose truth? Well, you know, isn't that an interesting point? Um, Jesus is the truth, but everybody seems to have a corner on, on it, and everyone seems to not be listening to one another. And what happens is, is we can't hear. We can't hear. We can't hear Jesus. We can't hear one another because our hearts have been have 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 become hard. We don't have a revelation of the way human perception hinders us from being able to have a tender heart to have a tender heart that is producing the fruit of the kingdom. And the fruit of the kingdom is love, joy, righteousness, peace, right? Self-control, all of these beautiful things. It's love is self, self-sacrificial self love, right? Servant type of love. And we can't even hear, we cannot hear, we can't hear the person at the grocery store who's raising their voice, right? We cannot listen to one another with ears because we have so much judgment and so many meanings that are happening in our own inner world. And so really what I wanted to share about today. And really I mean obviously I wanted to share about all of this, but I I want this this scripture has really um touched me over the years. And it's in Matthew 11 um verse 15. Let's see if I can pull it up here. For some reason it's come giving me an error. Matthew 11 um, let me just read it here. I don't know. It's first time it's not coming up. But here's what it says. In Matthew eleven fifteen. 15, it says, Are you listening to me? Really listening. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So I'm, I can't even tell from this why my, my phone is doing this right now. I can't even tell what translation this is. But this is one that has really, really, really touched me because I feel like so many times we because of the truth that I'm sharing right now, because of the language and the the, the cognitive dissonance and all of the, the the thorns and cares in our hearts, is that we can't actually listen. Can we really, really listen? Can we can we listen with ears to hear? Can we hear what Jesus is saying? Can we hear what each other is saying? And the only way that we really can hear you guys is that we have to have a revelation of paradigms. You know, I joke sometimes and I say Jesus is his thoughts are so much higher. The Holy Spirit's thoughts, Father's thoughts are so much higher than ours. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, the most brilliant man person in the universe that you can imagine having a conversation with a two year old. Right. And, and honestly, how do you explain, you know, quantum physics to a two year old? How do you explain rocket science to a two year old? Right. Because the paradigms are so different. But here's what I will tell you, that when you have a revelation of paradigms, you have a revelation that we all have one. OK, it will humble us. It will humble us to the point where we can listen We can listen without an agenda. We can listen without a predetermined conclusion. And we can now be open to rapid transformation, to rapid transfiguration, because God can bring new information that blows up our paradigm into our paradigm without us being able to receive it. You know, it's interesting. Every single day, you guys, I talk with people and as a coach, as someone who understands paradigms, um, it's, you know, it's like I see them everywhere. I mean, sometimes it's not as always easy to see my own, but because I have this revelation of it, I just hear story. I hear, uh, people's paradigms. I hear the meanings and the agendas and the, the, where people are coming from just out of, how they talk right it says out of the abundance of the heart the mouth talks meaning out of the abundance of the heart your meanings are going to come forth your stories are going to if you just listen if you just really listen to people you're going to understand what they believe you're going to understand the paradigm that they're operating under and honestly until we understand those things we cannot reach people because we can't even understand them and I listen to story after story after story every single day, all day long. In fact, that's kind of what I do. I listen to people's stories. I listen to why they're not fulfilling their purpose. I listen to why they're not hearing God. I listen to why they're not prospering. I listen to why... um Their life isn't where they want it to be. Or I listen to why they don't know the answers to those questions. I listen to uh, stories of blaming uh, things, blaming each other, blaming the past, blaming the the country, you know, blaming things, blaming, blaming, blaming as a part of their stories. I listen to the meanings that people are making about their situations every single day. And I'm here to share today that if you're going to have ears to hear, then the way to have ears to hear is that you've got to realize we don't have ears to hear. The reason we don't have ears to hear is because we are meaning-making machines. And the only way to stop being a meaning-making machine is to start to recognize the meaning, to start to recognize the story, and to start to recognize that not only do we have them based upon our past experiences, but everybody on the planet has them. And if we are going to be agents of change and agents of transformation and lovers of people, then we have to recognize that most people don't have ears to hear and that it takes the the revelation of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is the one that leads and guides us into all truth. And the Holy Spirit is an expert at getting inside of people's paradigms and leading and guiding them into the truth. And that's why Living in a place of oneness with God, because the primary meaning that all of our stories start in is that we're separated from God. We usually start interpreting facts from a place, a a completely wrong identity and a completely wrong position. We aren't seated in heavenly places. We aren't in union with Jesus. We aren't, you know, Christ in us is not the hope of glory. So immediately we're deceived because our perception is coming from a place of separation. And so, the number one paradigm that we have to begin to uh, live from is the meaning that we are one with Jesus. Because when we recognize that we're one with Jesus, now not only do we recognize people's stories, we don't even our own, we, we, we can recognize our own stories, but we can begin to transform stories. We can begin to transform. Uh, wrong interpretations and wrong perceptions into right perceptions. You know, I have my students and my clients do this exercise quite often. I'll say, okay, write down what you're thinking. Write down what you're, what you're, what you're, and, and they won't recognize that it's a story. They won't recognize that it's just an interpretation. Why? Because we believe our perceptions. We believe our interpretations. When you collapse the facts and your meanings into your reality, it is true for you. So I'll have people write down, okay, what's going on? Tell me what's going on, what's going on in your life right now, right? And they just tell you their story. They tell you the meanings of the situation, right? And they don't take the time. And then what you try to do is you you can help them begin to like, okay, what are the facts of the situation? And is is this, any of this actually true? Is it in true in the light of the gospel? Is it true when, with the lens of your one with Jesus? What does the truth of your one with Jesus do to that story? How does it transform the story? How does the fact that you're seated in heavenly places right now transform that story, transform the meaning of that? Because in order to get, into a space where you have ears to hear, then you have to begin to break down all of those meanings that are coming from a place of separation. So primary truth in everything that I'm sharing today, right, is that we are meaning making machines and that if we want to have ears to hear, then we need to realize that we're meaning making machines. Secondly, if we want to actually transform meanings, then we need to recognize that the lie of separation is at the core of all, frankly, wrong meanings, wrong interpretations, and frankly, other uh, suffering that is in our lives. And so those two points, right, recognizing that we're human-making machines, being able to recognize story, being able to recognize our stories, other people's stories, and the lens of separation, I'll tell you what, when you do that, you wake up, you actually unplug from the matrix, you unplug from the systems of this world, you unplug from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and you begin to live at a completely different, higher level of living that frankly, Jesus, that's where Jesus lived. He came into the world, but he was not of the world. Right? He was he was operating in a from a from a higher place. He was seeing what the father was doing. He was doing and thinking what the father was thinking. And he was not drawn into people's paradigms. In fact, he says he did not give himself to people. He did not give himself to them because he knew what was in the hearts of men. Okay, when he was preaching, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, it, it says at one point he did not give himself to them because he knew. What was in the hearts of men? And what was in the hearts of men? Judgment. What was in the hearts of men? Associations and meanings and and stories about what everything means. And so no wonder they couldn't receive Jesus. No wonder only a portion had ears to hear, right? The Holy Spirit is 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 why and that is why his ministry is so important. That's why having an agenda to like get people saved is it doesn't work. It doesn't work a lot of the times. Why? Because you don't know how to weave through people's paradigms and people's associations and people's meanings in a way for them to actually receive the truth. And it's why Jesus taught in parables because parables make it, um, make it reveal a truth in a way that meets people where they are. Right. And what becomes, what is a mystery to some Is not a mystery to others. People that don't have that intimacy with the Holy Spirit are not going to understand things that people that have the intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And for us to have an expectation that they do is completely prideful. Prideful in the sense that we don't realize that the only reason we do understand these things is because of the Holy Spirit. And prideful because really we have to be led by the Spirit to even have conversations with people because they are where they are. And it's miraculous, frankly, that any of us, that any of us, by the grace of God, come into the revelation that I'm sharing today. So, beloved, there's a lot to unpack in this particular teaching. There's a lot to unpack in Mark chapter 4. There's a lot to unpack in having ears that hear. But the couple of things, that, if you want to take away anything from today's teaching, it's this, right? That we are meaning-making machines that we make meaning by rolling in our associations of meanings into facts we roll them into the facts and we create a meaning and a perception and a story so quickly all the time about everything and because we don't realize that's what we've done we become people who um cannot receive new information Uh, cognitive dissonance causes us to not causes our hearts to be hardened to new information and so, if we want to shift all of this, the way to do it is to get a revelation of this revelation. It's to recognize that we are meaning-making machines. To recognize that we all are storytellers. That we all have our meanings uh, globbed on top of our of the facts. And that if when you start to recognize that and you start to realize the lie of separation in your stories, then those stories will fall away. You'll get into a place where you can live without being under constant judgment, constant storytelling, constant lie-making basically, because unless a story is in union with Jesus, unless it is is it it is engulfed in the gospel truth of, of what Jesus has done for all of humanity, what Jesus has done for the entire world, then you are deceived. And so this is tough truth. This is something to kind of I don't know i'll lay it out there and i guess i'll say those that have ears to hear let them hear so god bless you guys feel free to listen to this as many times as you need to to get it dive into the scriptures ask the holy spirit about it for yourselves and let's agree that we're going to get into a place where we have ears to hear, where where the the, the revelation of, of human judgment, of human perception is something that we're going to understand. We're going to understand that it's rooted in separation and that we're going to drop that thing like a hot potato as a as a way of being, as a habit, so that we can show up in the world as pure love, as pure love. So God bless you guys, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to Shalise's Podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit shalise.com, where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalise's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life, and the purpose He created you for, then visit us at shalice.com and watch Shalice's free training where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.